Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. You're listening to Live Free Creative, an intentional podcast with practical tips for living your life on purpose. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, and I believe in creativity, adventure, curiosity, and the magic of small moments. I hope that every time you listen, you feel empowered and free to live the life that you want. Hello, welcome back to Live Free Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson. Today's episode is number 197, Lessons from Summer Camp. This past week, I spent the weekend hosting Grown Up Summer Camp, the second annual Grown Up Summer Camp. Last year, it was on the banks of the Bear River in Idaho. This year was nestled in the Blue Ridge Mountains in Virginia. It was so fun so fun and I will share a little bit about the experiences at camp as well as we had three workshops during the four-day retreat and I want to give you kind of an overview, uh, Cliff's notes from those three workshops so that you can learn and um, incorporate some of the ideas and advice that was given at camp in your life even if you weren't able to be at camp. Before we jump into all of that, let's start with a magical adventure moment. After a true Appalachian dinner on Saturday night of fried cornmeal dusted trout, collard greens, red beans and rice, and the sweet honey cornbread, the group of campers and I set off along the white trail to the bluff. The forest in the Appalachian Mountains is dense and thick, with ferns sprouting up along the trail, brushing your ankles, moss and lichen in every color of green dotting along the pathway and the rocks nearby. The trees stretch up into the heavens, a hundred feet or more to the highest branches. And while you can look ahead at the trail and down at your feet, If you're looking side to side, all you're going to catch is greens and trunks and wildness and the occasional beautiful, illuminescent dot shining from a firefly. White trail climbs up and up. The switchbacks start to feel like a Stairmaster after 10 and then 15 minutes of ascent. We would pause, group together, breathe heavily as we waited on our group 
and then turned and continued the climb through the dense tunnel of trees. The sky was slowly darkening as the sun descended towards the invisible horizon and we continued to hike. A turn onto the road here, a twist onto another trail there, and we were almost to the bluff as the shadows of the trees lengthened and settled into the bare beginning of dusk the fireflies were even brighter. A couple more steps and the forest starts to thin and our view starts to widen and we step forward onto a small bluff overlooking a valley and the mountains beyond. It's lighter here. The trees open up and the sky shines through with the sunset, gentle purples and pinks arching over the ridges of the mountains beyond the meadow in our view. We sit and breathe together, inhaling and exhaling the beauty of this earth and of our connection and of ourselves. Let me tell you about today's fantastic sponsors. Today's podcast is brought to you by Haya Health. I love Haya from the get-go because it is zero sugar, zero gummy junk, tastes great, made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies for my kiddos, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, C, zinc, folate, all of these things that help support their health, their immunity, their energy, their brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and more. In addition to all of that goodness, Haya Health is thinking about parents. It makes my job so easy because I have to buy it once and then it delivers to my door from then on out. With your very first order, you get this cool, eco-friendly glass bottle that your kids can personalize with stickers. My kids all have their own and they use the stickers to put their names on them and they're some of their favorite things. And then every month you get an eco-friendly refill that shows up in your mailbox. Just tear open the paper packaging, refill your refillable bottle, and you are off to the races once again. Unlike your typical children's vitamins that are candy in disguise, Haya Health is a pediatrician-approved chewable vitamin that is non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and everything else you can imagine. If you're ready to check one more thing off your to-do list and make it as easy and healthy as possible for you to give your kids the nutrition that they need, check out Haya Health. I've worked out a special deal for listeners of Live Free Creative. If you go to HayaHealth.com and use the code LIVEFREE, you can take 50% off of your first order. So that first order will include the reusable bottles and the first month's worth of vitamins. That's H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com. Use the code LIVEFREE to take 50% off your first order. And now that you've got your kids covered, let's turn our focus to you and your partner. This show is also sponsored by Dame Products. Dame was a talking point at summer camp as the conversation one evening turned to intimacy. I shared that one of my favorite products to travel with when I travel with my husband is the Eva by Dame. This is the first hands-free vibrator for couples. It boosts pleasure and connection for everyone involved because let's be honest, sex is just better when everyone is enjoying themselves. And great sex isn't just good for your relationship. It's also good for your mental health, boost your immune system, lower your blood pressure, and actually even help you sleep better. I appreciate that Dame products are designed for women by women. 
and the Eva is specifically designed for couples. It nestles close to the body and stays put with just a finger so you and your partner can focus on each other and the intimacy and connection that you're sharing. It's designed to enhance, not distract from pleasure. I promise that Eva will be your sex life's new best friend. So what are you waiting for? Try adding this fun little toy to the mix and discover new layers of pleasure that you can share. Plus sex that you'll look forward to after maybe a weekend away with girlfriends at summer camp or really any weekend away, right? I was on a girl's trip with some of my high school besties about five years ago. I shared about Eva with my friends then, and one of them texted me a couple weeks later to say thank you. She said, we've given it a try and what a game changer. If you would like a little game changing in the bedroom, go to dameproducts.com and use the code livefree for 15% off site-wide. So when you're tossing Eva in your cart, you may also wanna just add a little bit of this incredible sandalwood and cardamom body oil. It is so delightful. You're welcome. Go to dameproducts.com and use code livefree for 15% off. Enjoy. You may be able to tell from my voice that my vocal cords aren't 100% this week. I think the combination of talking a lot, having lots of really fun conversations, and also hosting. So I was kind of getting people's attention and gathering the crowd fairly often over the last weekend. Did a little bit of a number on these vocal cords. I have to say, after last year, where I hosted summer camp... And about halfway through, lost my voice almost completely and then spent six months without a voice as I was diagnosed with a vocal cord paresis and had to go through a vocal cord surgery and some, you know, lots of vocal rest and therapies and all sorts of things. I feel extremely grateful to have some sort of intonation, even though it's not totally clear as usual. I've got this gritty, deep, sexy post-camp voice in which to share the summer camp lessons with you today. I'm going to share about the three workshops that were shared with the campers this year. The first was all about connection to self, and I taught that workshop the first night. The second workshop was all about connection to nature, and Clara Klein, the owner of the Wild Wander Company, taught that workshop in the afternoon on Friday. And then our final workshop was about connection to community and Jasmine Bradshaw of First Name Basis Podcast and Business taught that workshop on Saturday afternoon before we headed home on Sunday. All of these topics, these are the three pillars of summer camp, connection to self, connection to nature or the earth, and connection to others or community. I was really excited to have these workshops given in this kind of fun, playful atmosphere as an element of learning together, asking questions and kind of a forum to be able to discuss some of these connections that are so important to us as humans and especially as women. With these workshops as sort of a foundation and a jumping off point for conversation throughout the weekend, the whole group was able to grow together, to have some new ideas, be open to some new questions that we may want to ask ourselves as we're creating this life that we love. I did not record the workshops. I'd kind of thought about that. And then I I actually, we were disconnected from Wi-Fi and cell service for the whole weekend, which is a super bonus of coming to summer camp. I try to find locations where we can literally unplug for the weekend. It was divine. So I didn't have my phone nearby. And I'm going to give you an overview. It, they were kind of, they were probably 30 to 40 minute workshops anyway. So I'm going to break them down and 
just give you kind of the Cliff's Notes version of each of these workshops so that you can have some of the same conversations with your friends and family that we had at summer camp. After that, if there's a little bit of time left, I want to share maybe a couple more lessons that I learned personally as the host of the retreat, some things that I observed and some things that I learned about myself as I was preparing to host. So um, let's do some lessons from summer camp right now. The first workshop was all about connection to yourself. This was a workshop that I led in this beautiful grove of trees a little amphitheater kind of nestled into the woods. And I wanted to host it at night because I wanted to use the stars and the idea of wayfinding by the stars as an example of connection to ourself. So the talk I titled Wayfinding Back to Yourself. And these are the three main ideas. One, our individual values the things that matter most to us are going to be different than our friends and family. There may be some overlap, definitely, uh, especially if we're spending a lot of time with people that we like and that have similar ideas about the way they want to live, we'll find more overlapping values. It is really important that we are able to identify our values and, and the things that matter and light us up as separate and independent from what we think other people would want our values to be. I shared that most of us in this current day and age are learning really well how to listen to other people's voices, how to value kind of group think, and we're inundated by other people's ideas all day long through social media and media in general. My invitation is to tune in for a moment to discover or explore what your current values are. And I did this through a series of questions. I'm going to share those questions with you right now. If you're somewhere that you could grab a piece of paper and a pencil or a notebook, it could be really helpful for you to just take a minute and go through these reflection questions on your own. If you don't have a paper, maybe make a note or take a screenshot of this episode so that you can come back to it and do these do this workshop, you know, apply it um, as I share these questions. So the first question is, what experiences have brought me immense joy, pride, and fulfillment? Even if you don't have a piece of paper and a pencil right now, think to yourself, what are the experiences that recent experience, small things, big things, what brings you joy and fulfillment? And then the follow-up question is, what values are reflected in those experiences? We can learn a lot about ourselves from examining things we've been through and how we feel about them. The next question is, who do I admire and what characteristics do they exhibit? It's another way to kind of tune into what lives have I been hoping to emulate? Or another way to ask this question is, what am I like a little bit jealous of in other people? And what is that saying about me? What is that saying about my desires or about things that I value that I could use as information rather than just feel discomfort in my, in my envy? The final question in this first section of the workshop about wayfinding back to yourself is how do I see myself as unique in positive ways from the crowd? What are some characteristics of your personality, some strengths that you have that feel definitive to you that feel like they set you apart, not better or worse than, simply different than some of your peers in positive ways. 
these questions can be used to help clarify some of your values. And you may have a lot that come out. I would recommend kind of sitting with these answers and redefining them a little bit and then editing down to maybe three or four that you could think of as core values. And you don't have to think, oh, these are my values. I'm sticking to them. Like you can experiment, try some of these on throughout the rest of the workshop and just kind of think about them. I even like the idea of just taking some time every once in a while to check in with yourself and are the things that mattered, you know, a lot fundamentally a few years ago when I did something like this the same as they are now. The next section of the workshop was about making decisions based upon your values. So I called this root decision and monitoring or following a compass towards your goal. The idea is that the stars are all up in the sky. They're constant. They're things that we can think about. And depending on which values we choose, that's how we'll orient ourselves underneath the night sky. The next step is deciding, okay, those are our values. Now, where do I want to go? And then how do we align ourselves, point ourselves in the direction of where we want to go using our values to establish where we are fundamentally or where we begin? The questions that I designed for this portion of kind of deciding a direction are, what do I want my daily life to look and feel like? And I think it matters that this is not a goal-oriented question as a beginning place I'm not saying what would you what big goals do you like to achieve in the next five years. I'm saying what do you want your daily life to look and feel like? The answer to this question will enable you to be clear on so many other questions that arise as you're designing a life. And this is specific to you. What what do you want the rhythm of your daily life to be? What types of activities would you like to be involved in? What things are definitely not showing up in your ideal daily life? How does it feel in your body and in your home and in your, in your places of community? This is a really important question. So I hope you take some time, whether now or later, to, to really think about it. The next question is, what personal and professional goals are interesting to me right now? Not what do I feel like I must achieve in order to be successful or prove myself, but what are some goals that sound interesting to you? What are some things on the horizon that seem that you're curious about or that you seem interested in learning more about? Not necessarily making a big decision about it, but discovery zone, doing a little bit of discovery. The next question is, where do I feel I'm falling short in my life? And are those areas I want to improve on or intentionally disregard? This question, I think, will help us let go of some things what are the areas that you're just feeling like you're kind of behind? And examine that, not from the starting place that this is something I must do and so how I need to figure out how to, how to improve it, but from the starting place, is this even something that matters? The thing that I keep putting off that I'm not actually doing, maybe there's a reason that it keeps falling to the bottom of my list. Maybe it actually isn't that important to me. And it's totally okay for it to be important to other people and for it to be top of their list, but it's okay too if it's not important to me and it's the bottom of my list. Maybe some of the things that we think we want to do, we can tell from our actions that we actually don't want to do them. And that's okay. That's where we refer back to last week's episode. We hold those things lightly and say, huh, maybe it's time for this thing to flow out of my life or off of my to-do list. 
And then the final section of this workshop is aligned action as the pathway. How do you know that you're doing it? How do you know not that you've gotten there to like the end all because life is always going to be in process. There is no, I did it, I'm done. But how do you know that you're aligned on your pathway, that things are going according to, you know, that you're pointed in the right direction and that you're anchored in your values? Here are the questions that you can ask yourself for this one. How are my daily choices aligned with my values and goals? I love this question. Just think for a second about, you know, your day yesterday. What did you do? What were the sorts of feelings and emotions and experiences and relationships that you had? Are the are those reflective of your most important values? Are those reflective of the things that you want in your life? And if not, what minor adjustments, minor or major adjustments can be made to feel in better alignment? Here's another question. How do I know when I am walking the pathway I desire? How does it feel when you are making decisions out of uh, integrity? How does it feel when you're aligning your choices with your values and when you're pointed in the direction that you want and you're going at a pace that's manageable? And then the final question, what are the emotions, sensations, and experiences that feel like flourishing to me? What are the emotions, sensations, and experiences that feel like flourishing to me? Again, the answer to that question is going to be so different than, you know, you could ask 10 people and there would be 10 different answers to what feels like flourishing, what feels like you're just flowing and you're doing it well. You're doing life well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I think if you answer these questions honestly and you spend some time reflecting on your answers and then align some of your decisions with the things that you've learned about yourself through this exercise, that you will feel better in your daily life, that you will feel more aligned, that you will feel you're walking the pathway that is unique to you and your life. I would love to hear from you if you take the time to go through this summer camp exercise at home. Feel free to send me a direct message on Instagram at livefreemiranda or to pop into my inbox at miranda at livefreecreative.co.co. I would love to hear about that. Workshop number two of summer camp was connecting to nature with Clara Klein of the Wild Wander Company. You have got to go visit the Wild Wander 
company. I will um, put the link in the show notes. I talked about it a couple weeks ago, and Clara is an illustrator, a wildlife illustrator, and has these designs for um, – there's correspondence cards, like postcards and, and stationery. There's also these beautiful letterpress prints. She does stickers and T-shirts and all sorts of things. The main through line is this deep invitation to notice the details of the life, the flora and fauna that surrounds you, even in your own backyard. So Clara gave this really great overview of how, because of the nature of her work, she's often working on illustrations and products that are six months ahead because she, you know, sells to wholesale uh, shops around the country who are, you know, buying for Christmas in July and everything's a little bit behind. And how that, how the irony of working on these, you know, incredible wildlife illustrations when she was not even connected to the the season that was out her door because she would be working on Christmas time stuff, you know, in the spring or summer. And she gave everyone this really cool basic birding handout that, of course, I loved because I've been so into birding the last six months and continue to just find such joy in that. It, I think it's available as a free download as well. So I will find that and link it on the show notes at livefreecreative.co slash podcast. Look for episode 197 and you can find this link so you can download your own basic birding worksheet. The basic birding worksheet just gives a couple interesting indicators. Clara mentioned that the more we get curious about not only what something is, but what's the story that it's telling and how is it connected, we feel much more engaged in our environment. So an example she gave through this worksheet is there's a bunch of different beak shapes and wing shapes on the birds that you can see anywhere, out in the parking lot at Target, in a tree in your backyard, if you go on a hike, you know, soaring above the trees. Based on the beak shape and the ones that she has listed here, um, strainers, probing, tweezers, conical, and hooked. And there's a little explanation of those and examples of those. And then she talked about wing shapes, these active soaring and the elliptical high-speed wing shapes. This is really cool worksheet. And we talked about how if you you know, see a bird hopping around on on the street or on the sidewalk and you are able to take note of a couple little things about it, get curious about what does the rest of that bird's life look like? Where might they be coming from? What might they be doing in this part of, you know, this part of town? Are they, are they here because they're, oh, look, all of the crepe myrtles are dropping their berries right now. So there must be kind of an abundance of berries or, um, you know, this is a, a kind of country road where there tends to be a lot of roadkill. And so that's why there's a big population of turkey vultures that hang out in the tops of those big tall trees right there. Getting curious and and asking the story about what is the picture of what's happening? Where does this bird go when it leaves here? And where might it have come from? And, and how are we connected? That can really invite you back in to awareness in nature. I just nodded along and can vouch for every single thing that Clara mentioned. I haven't been going on birding expeditions out into the national forest. I have literally been sitting on a patio chair with a cup of tea in the morning with my binoculars and my Richmond bird field guide, identifying and reading more about and watching just with wonder these 
kind of neighborhoods of backyard birds coming in and out and some that I've noticed are nestling right in my yard nesting. We have a nest in our oak tree in our backyard of a robin family and we have a nest of a house finch family right on the doorframe of my front door and I will tell you that both of them make me feel like our, our home was chosen because of its good energy and it makes me so happy. I loved listening to Clara talk about these specific details and really just zooming in that the more we zoom in learn about and get curious about nature the more connected we will automatically feel to it she gave a couple examples uh, or suggestions one is to grab a bird feeder and put a bird feeder up in your front yard or backyard or there's some really cool ones you can actually just stick onto your window and so the birds are feeding right through the glass and you get a really close look at them i will link a couple favorite bird feeders in the show notes so you can check those out Having simple IDs and field guides was another suggestion she gave. She um, had a couple with her, uh, identifying butterflies in your region. There's some that tend to be like uh, plastic laminated pocket guides you can just keep in your pocket when you're hiking or if you go on a walk in the neighborhood. She said she, when her kids were young, she would just keep the field guides in the bottom of the stroller. So when they went out on walks, if they saw a butterfly or a wildflower or a bird, they could uh, open up this guide. It was just right there and learn a little bit more about their neighborhood through these field guides. Again, I will link a bunch of examples that she shared in the show notes. The final thing Clara shared about connecting to nature that I loved was that this is meant to be a community experience. You can learn a ton just in your own backyard and with a field guide in your own family. That can be really fun. And also this knowledge and the sort of really beautiful naturalist understanding about the world that we lived in has historically been passed down through mentorships and community groups. She said, if you can just Google search a, you know, beginner bird watching club in your neighborhood or go on a mushroom foraging expedition with a group in your city, there are so many ways to easily sign up, show up and meet up with friends or new friends to explore and enjoy more of the outdoors. You can do a hiking club, you can go on, you know, join a walking group, you can volunteer maybe with a trail cleanup group. I know here in Virginia, there's a group called Keep Virginia Cozy that hosts trail cleanups all the time. Like every couple weeks, there's a different one all around the city and you can go and show up and they usually have like a cookout or free drinks or something and you collect trash with a group of, of Richmonders. They throw it all away and you, you know, high five and feel connected to people and feel connected to the land. So the organization that Clara mentioned that we all sort of chuckled at and all wrote down was the Feminist Bird Club. It's uh, feministbirdclub.org. And their mission is this. The Feminist Bird Club is dedicated to promoting inclusivity in birding while fundraising and providing a safe opportunity for members of the LGBTQIA plus community, BIPOC, and women to connect with the natural world. I love that mission, promptly looked it up and joined my local chapter. They hope to host a birding walk at least once a month. So I'm on the lookout for the next bird watching walk here in Richmond, Virginia with the Feminist Bird Club. There's a ton of chapters though, not every major city, but a lot and maybe one nearby you. So check it out if you are interested in joining. So that wrapped up Clara's workshop. And next we had Jasmine. Jasmine Bradshaw from First Name Basis share on Saturday afternoon about connection to community. Jasmine hosts the First Name Basis podcast, uh, which is an anti-racist podcast for parents and families. 
in addition to the weekly show, which is truly like a breakdown on something in history, tons of research and uh, incredible stories, Jasmine does such a good job connecting people to resources and sharing maybe untold stories that you or your children wouldn't have heard. She also has some incredible resources in the form of online courses. So she has Ally Elementary and Ally Elementary Junior and Bite Size Black History. Basically just a total superstar. I'm very excited because right now, like as I'm recording this episode, her family is moving from Arizona to Maryland, which brings them a lot closer to me and my family. So I'm excited to be able to spend more time in person with Jasmine. It was really fun to see her and hear from her at summer camp. And her workshop was all about how important community is. She shared a lot of great research about how when we build strong communities, we are able to then have better health, physical health, emotional health, social health. She talked about putting ourselves out there and how sometimes it's scary to you know sign up for something or join something new, but that those steps are necessary to kind of break through to building your own community. Maybe you don't find a community that that fits your values or your ideas of what you'd like. Maybe you then build one. Maybe you're the creator of the community. We talked a lot about Bunko. She shared some stories about uh, how her Bunko group started off really rocky and then it has become one of her lifelines the last few years living in Arizona. Do any of you Bunko players out there feel that way about your Bunko group? I know it was definitely like that for me for a while in Texas. We had a very strong Bunko group. It was a really well-formed, well-run tradition, just like a monthly meetup, good food, good friends. It was like the recipe for a perfect hangout. I have since replaced Bunko in my life with my regular book club, which, again, I didn't join a book club. I showed up to Richmond and decided I needed to start one and created this incredible monthly gathering community. Just it's so fun. It brings so much joy into my life. So sometimes maybe joining a community doesn't work. Uh, Sometimes you need to create one. And then Jasmine shared some work adapted from Nicole Celestine, PhD. She is a positive psychologist and she has done a lot of work around the elements of a positive community. So Jasmine handed us a work a worksheet that had these six elements. She'd chosen six out of a group of positive community to discuss. And same as with my own workshop, I wanted to invite you to take a pen and paper out and think about these and maybe write some notes down if you want the full the full workshop effect. The first one is that a positive community shares common goals. The things that matter to them matter to a lot of them collectively. They want to be headed in the same direction. So even if there's, you know, a little bit of discussion about how the best way to get there is, at least they're pointed the same way. The next element of a positive community is embraces freedom of expression. Are you able to show up to this community as yourself? You feel comfortable there. You feel welcome there being an individual, wearing the things that you want to wear, showing up with your hair done or not done the way you feel comfortable, the way that is you. If you feel like you're a member of a community that you can't show up with freedom of expression, that you can't show up as you, that you need to dress this the right way or look the right way or have the right car in order to participate or in order to feel at home, that's something to look at. That community maybe isn't isn't founded upon 
uh, positive community practices. The next element is that a positive community creates time for connection. If you're a part of a group or a community that you spend a lot of time thinking about how fun it would be to spend time together, but you don't actually take that time to spend together, um, you might want to ask yourself why that is and what could be done about it if you'd like something to be done about it. I, as Jasmine was talking, I was thinking a lot about my family, my own personal family and at home. Are we sharing common goals? How are we embracing freedom of expression within our home with our kids and, and ourselves as, you know, my spouse and, and myself? How are we creating time for connection? What does that look like and when is it? And I realize that every day we eat dinner together. And even as my kids have gotten a little older and have some of their own ideas about activities and things you want to be doing, we, I mean, 90% of the time, 95% of the time are around the dinner table every evening for dinner together and that's a time then we that we reconnect. It's a time that we do some fun family practices. We usually end up pulling out a you know a set of cards or a board game and turning that dinner time into game night. The other thing is that Dave and I, even though that's a small community, I don't know, can you call a community two people? It just reminded me how grateful I am that we have set aside Saturday nights as date night forever, like for the last 10, 12 years. And that is just a time that we know we can plan on each week that we're going to see each other. The next element of a positive community is they celebrate traditions together. How does your community celebrate traditions? How do you engage in rituals? How do you feel connected to the group? What does that participation, those traditions and celebrations look like? The next element is strives for fairness. It's not okay in a positive community for people to feel like they're uh, on different levels, rather that the community has that sense of positive community when everyone is valued, when everyone adds value, when everyone's accepted, when everyone is accepting. And then finally, this final positive value that Jasmine shared was that a positive community communicates when there is friction. They don't brush it under the rug or ignore it or try to hope it will just go away. When there is discussion to be had, when there is some dissonance between uh, members of the group about the way to move forward or the way to show up in community, that is communicated. You can open up a conversation that it doesn't feel like conflict. It can feel like open communication and curiosity. I really love having this list to kind of serve as a backdrop, checklist, uh, evaluation, how positive are my communities that I'm engaging in and what might we tweak in order to feel more aligned with some of these research-backed values of positive community. Of course, because it was summer camp, along with this talk, we made little keychains with six beads, one to represent each of the six elements of positive community that we discussed. And so everyone has this cute wood bead and leather keychain that hopefully will keep keep reminding them again and again of how to become part of a positive community or build a positive community and how to feel connected in their lives because of that. Aren't those great workshops? Do you feel a little bit enlightened? Giving you like a little backstage pass to the workshops at summer camp. Now, I want to share just three short, small lessons that I learned or remembered as I was planning for, preparing, and hosting summer camp. And hopefully, these will be interesting to you. The first lesson that I learned, that I remembered, is that people will mirror your energy or enthusiasm if you're the host. <laughs> so I planned this event to 
feel very lighthearted, to feel fun, to feel connected. It wasn't luxury. I mean, we were in the woods and cabins. It wasn't uh, this kind of cool event, I guess you could say. I mean, it was really cool, but it wasn't cool like the cool kids. It wasn't too cool. It was a place that you could come as you are, that you could be silly. I gave all of my camp counselors these smiley face hats (laughs) that I thought were so cute and funny and cheeky and lighthearted that we weren't trying to be like stoic leaders. I wanted the counselors to feel like your enthusiastic kind of funny buddy that can answer your questions if you don't know which way it is to the bathhouse. I wanted the experience to feel lighthearted and there were a couple elements that were included specifically to invite that, one of which being a 900-foot zip line that was like tapping into your inner child, everyone screaming and sailing down the zip line towards the mountains. Another one was the camp song. There is a grown-up summer camp song and you have to come to summer camp to learn it and we sing it, we learn it together and then we sing it as we're doing activities and the last night this time around we sang it as there they were the chef was out making dinner for us and we had them vote on which side of the pavilion sang louder and better and just funny it just was a good reminder, and this actually reminds me a lot of some of the work of Renee Brown, when she says that you, if you show up with vulnerability and the willingness to open up and be childlike and not feel like you have to be too cool or, you know, preserve some sense of, of decorum, this was summer camp. It was meant to be fun. And I learned that as I showed up with that energy, that it invited that same enthusiasm from everyone who attended. Now, of course, not everyone had the same personality. There were people of all different personalities. Some were a little bit more laid back. Some were a little bit higher strung. Some were high energy. Some were a little bit calmer and lower energy. And every single person at one point or another and some throughout the whole event were open, laughing, enjoying themselves, having conversation, and really feeling like they could let go, like they could be who they were. The next lesson that I learned or thing that I noticed was that people don't necessarily notice when some small thing goes wrong, and yet they really, really notice when some small detail is intentionally created for them. So there are a couple, you know, little things, minor things that went wrong here or there, timing of something or we ran out of something one of the parts of the welcome pack, the towels that we were going to use for towels on our river rafting you know, excursion and for yoga mats in the morning, they didn't come until after I had already left to drive out to summer camp, which was about three hours from my house. And my sweet husband drove them out with the kids. You know, They got there late at night, just dropped off the package, made us more and turned around and drove home. There were a couple little tiny hiccups that weren't a big deal. And yet there were a couple really small details like having toiletries provided. I had Trader Joe's tea tree tingle body wash and shampoo and conditioner in the bathhouses and makeup wipes and a basket. I do this for all of my retreats, but I think it taps into my history as a registered nurse as well that I have a little basket with medications and earplugs and toothbrushes and toothpaste and all of the things that I can imagine someone might need in a personal 
hygiene emergency or, you know, you're on your period, there were tampons, there were Advil and Tums and a couple medications and things. I had several different people mention specifically that they were so grateful for some of those small details that would have been easy to overlook. And yet no one mentioned that, you know, it was a little frustrating that this or that thing um, didn't happen. And, you know, a lot of times within, within an event, whether you're hosting a dinner party at your house or a birthday party, not everyone knows what it's supposed to be like. And so you as the host often have this idea and then it can feel very uh, overwhelming when things don't go according to the expectation that you had created. Yet other people, attendees don't often know what that whole plan is. Maybe you've given them a little bit of an idea of the energy and some of the activities, but they don't know every single thing that's planned. So it's okay to to be relaxed about the details that go wrong. And also it's okay to zoom in and pay attention and create some some small details that might go a long way. The final lesson that I didn't necessarily learn, but I shared and I mean, I remembered was that the best way to make a s'more is with a Ritz cracker. If you have not tried a Ritz cracker s'more, I'm telling you, I converted everyone there. <laughs> there were so many people a little bit worried about the Ritz s'more, but I tell you, Ritz s'more is so good. That little bit of salt, delicious. They're also the perfect size, maybe a tiny bit small, but they're they're a good size for a s'more. My very favorite combination of this trip was a Ritz cracker top and bottom a nicely toasted brown marshmallow, and a York peppermint patty. That chocolate mint disc along with the marshmallow and the salt in the Ritz is so good. The other favorite was Reese's Thins. So we discussed this at length as campers that the Reese's Thins are like the right ratio of chocolate and peanut butter. A regular Reese's peanut butter cup is sometimes a little bit too much, a little bit overwhelming for like the mouthful of peanut butter that you get. So a Reese's Thin Cup, Marshmallow, Ritz Cracker, or Grams, so good. I also mentioned a couple other favorites that I didn't have at camp, but fruit, fruit, fresh fruit, sliced strawberries, or a couple squishy raspberries on a s'more are amazing. And my other favorite kind of late summer, early fall s'more is a ginger thin, like those little scalloped ginger thins, with a smear of Nutella and then my marshmallow and another ginger thin that is like it gives a little bite that cinnamon ginger taste and then the nutella with the hazelnut it feels like fall so that's my favorite fall s'more those are some lessons from the workshop at camp some lessons that i've just been reflecting on over the last couple of days as i'm kind of on the downhill slope coming out of camp i hope you'll take a second to spend some time reflecting on those questions that uh, I shared in the different workshops and thinking about what one thing from all of the things that you've learned in this episode or that we talked about in those different workshops, what's one thing that you could adjust to feel a little bit better in your everyday life? One small thing, maybe it's signing up for the Feminist Birders Club and hitting a bird watching meeting. Maybe it's inviting a friend over so that you feel in community. Maybe it is Letting the dishes sit in the sink after dinner while you play a board game with your kids. Letting that thing that is always going to be there wait while you tune in and have a connective experience right now. 
I hope you've enjoyed listening to the lessons from summer camp in this episode. I am going to host summer camp again next year. I'm looking into venues right now and I'll let you know as soon as it's available. It will be somewhere west. I'm thinking... Montana, Wyoming, maybe Northern California. I'm checking into venues and dates right now, and those should be solidified in the next month or so. I also, by way of retreats, I I have a couple spots open for my fall creative camp. That's a four-day retreat where you have some space to work on personal projects or professional projects in tandem with other incredible women. So check out livefreecreative.co slash camp to see the details for that. I also will have some really fun news coming up in the next month about the 2023 retreats. There's a new one coming that I think you're going to like. Tune in next week, same time, same place. Bye-bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.